0: To do all of this production and like level of like, not just on one platform, but multiple platforms, you would probably need, you know, a team. Whereas now you could probably do it by yourself. Any purchase is visual, right? So you're not going to read about something and want to buy it necessarily. But if you see a video, it's like, all right, cool, I want that thing. You gotta think of what kind of videos do you need to support all parts of that funnel. And that's really where you start. You gotta start from the bottom, and then work your way down. And some of those videos will come from you, like I said, or some of those maybe through your users or your partners.
1: Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Stand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics and this is just the spot. Two guarantees, you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 104 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and my amazing psychic is Miss Jen. Oh, hi, Jen, how are you today?
2: I'm doing fantastic, how are you doing, Megan?
1: Pretty good. I'm just coming down off vacation blues of like now looking at my inbox and seeing all the things I need to do. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And like kind of trying to get caught up as people were covering for me and all that kind of good stuff. But, but it is Friday. And so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And indeed. Okay. All right. We have a, a guest that I've been wanting to have on for quite a while. We have talked about video, but not, I think not in the way that we're going to have with our lovely guest today, Rob Balasabes. I like saying your name. Welcome, Rob. <laughs>
0: hey, thanks. Thanks. Megan, you. Thank I did you. say it right. I did you say did. it
1: right, did Yeah,
0: Whew. you did, you did. Which is like one out of 10 people. So no, that's great. <laughs> You're in the top 10%. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you guys. And nice to meet you, Megan. And Jen, good to catch up with you as well. So this is yeah. this is awesome. Two for one, record a podcast and catch up. So
2: Heck yeah, heck yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's of We hope this show is kind of like also people feel like they're listening to friends, have a conversation while they get to learn. So it's always the goal I'm going to read. Rob's bio. Rob is the head of partnerships at Uscreen, where he manages the screen affiliate program, as well as Uscreen's influencer and brand partner relationships. He's also the host of Uscreen's video entrepreneur podcast, where he talks to some of the top creators and industry experts about how they built their businesses using videos. Rob is a content creator at heart. He publishes tutorial videos and live streams on his personal YouTube channel and social profiles. He also has a personal podcast called Coffee with Content Creators. He runs a successful private membership called Creators TV using the you Screen platform, of course. When he is not working, Rob is a husband and a dad. He loves to drink coffee and explore new places with his family. And you're based in San Diego, right?
0: No, no. Actually, I'm in Vancouver. I wish oh. I was in San Diego. but For some
1: no. reason, I thought <laughs> you were maybe was- a Stu buddy.
0: I was. Yes. Yeah. So okay. yeah. TubeBuddy is based in San Diego. So maybe that's, yeah, oh, that's, that's why.
2: Um, yeah. I love it there. <laughs> <laughs> All that's right. Nice, there. Jen. <laughs> Jen, you want to kick us off? Absolutely. All right. Okay. So let's take a look back at where video creation was 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's changed a lot. What is the biggest thing that has changed when it comes to video over the past decade?
0: Oh man. I think it's actually a really good question. You know what? I think just the biggest difference back then and now is probably two things that kind of jumps out is I think it's a lot easier to create content these days on multiple platforms. There's just so many creator tools and ways to repurpose your content. There's all these apps and, you know, cloud-based tools. So like even the removing the need to download tools, like it, I love Adobe, I love Photoshop, all those things. But then there's also now tools like Easel and Canva where you can just like drop in. You don't even need to know any graphic design to make thumbnails. There's already templates where you just have to add your face and (laughs) you've got a thumbnail. There's AI that is now being used by a lot of video editing tools where if you're doing tutorial videos the AI will remove any dead audio silence. So then you need to do less editing. And, you know, if you guys were, if you're listening and you're editing 10 years ago, you'd have to go through the entire video and clip all the dead silence and all that stuff. Now there's AI and there's tools that will remove all of that automatically and just saves you so much time. So I think there's just it's just easier to become a creator in terms of creating the actual content. IG reel, like Reels and TikTok and all of these things presents in such a big opportunity. I mean, even back then, there was opportunity to become an influencer, you know, if you got into it, but nobody really recognized it as a potential career or potential full-time living, but now it's possible and it's easier. And also brands that are paying for sponsorships and paying for that advertising and, you know, paying for ads on YouTube and Google and and like doing all of those things, they're on board, right? Like a lot of yeah. marketing people, they're on board, influencer marketing and, you know, buying media spots on YouTube and on videos and all of those things on Instagram reels and stuff like that. That's an actual budget line. So the entire sort of video creator economy is much more mature, and it's much more of an, a realistic, you know, business for a lot of people. So so yeah, so I think creating content easier, and building a business using your videos and content, podcast included, mm. is also easier, you know, arguably easier.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think I even realized there was AI to take out pauses and, and sound. That's amazing. That's got it. You know, thinking about editing and video editing is already like kind of tedious as it is, but that takes out a lot of the time stuck. I can only imagine. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's tools like that will do that. There's even tools that will take like a long form video now and actually take the sections of the video that based on AI with the most interesting 15 seconds or 10 seconds that you can then turn into, you know, a reel or a TikTok, a YouTube shorts. So then again, like, whereas maybe 10 years ago to do all of this production and like level of like creating this much content, not just on one platform, but multiple platforms, you would probably need like, you know, a team. Whereas now you could probably do it on your, you know, by yourself, you know, it would take a little bit of time. It might need to be a full-time thing, but you don't necessarily need an entire team anymore the whole ecosystem of freelancers Mm -hmm. and people to help you sort of like part-time and sort of like outsource is also a matured and evolved. And there's video editors that just specialize in like short form videos. And there's just, you know, editors that specialize in turning your videos into podcasts. And so it's become a little bit more specialized, which, which is a good thing as well. You know, you can become a full-time creator without a full-time team, which is again, it's good for everybody.
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I did. This is kind of funny. My my question involves TubeBuddy, since I I mentioned yeah. <laughs> TubeBuddy earlier. So of course we all remember the days when you were managing the community at TubeBuddy. What initially drew you to a career in video marketing? And I, I guess that brings to like what brought you to TubeBuddy? Were you doing something in video prior to that, or kind of how did that all roll out?
0: Yeah, yeah, great question. So before TubeBuddy, I was working with another software company called Thinkific. So it's like a learning management platform. You can build your courses online using it. It's kind of like the Shopify for online courses. And so I was, we were also going after a lot of YouTube creators because they were, you know, obviously a good target market for us. You know, they wanted to build. Revenue streams off of YouTube and sell their you know sell their knowledge and package that. So we were going to similar conferences where YouTube creators were going, and that's where I met the guys that are the team at TubeBuddy, Phil and and all those guys there. And so uh, it's actually a social media marketing world. That's where I met them first, and then VidSummit and stuff. And so we built a really good relationship. We did some collaborations actually, some virtual summits together. And so I was sort of the point lead on the Thinkific team, and I would work directly with them. And so a couple after a couple of those. They sort of reached out and say, Hey, that was really awesome. You know, like this is going really well. There were a small team. They had like nine people at the time and probably servicing, they had probably like six million, seven million YouTube channels that were using their platform, all organic, all through affiliates. They're like, Hey Rob, like, you know, we'd like to do more collaborations and do more partnership stuff. And so that conversation started. And so, like, a probably it was a hard move to be honest, because I love Thinkific. it was a good culture. They had great yeah. solid team, good. Good platform, but TubeBuddy. When I met them, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I probably, I don't really ever want to move from Thinkific. I'm a long term kind of person, so. Uh, but I was like, there's like three companies, YouTube being one of them. Like, if an opportunity ever came up, I'd love to, I'd entertain it. And so TubeBuddy was on that list. So, uh, so yeah, it took a few months, and yeah, and then I was a TubeBuddy. I was like employee number twelve, but uh, but after a year, it was going really well. After a year, we got acquired. We got acquired by a larger company. It was actually owned by Bill Gates called Branded Entertainment Network. And then it just kind of blew up from there. So it just went really, really crazy because they had an entire team, 300, 400 people. They were doing influencer marketing and like they were placing like big brands on movies. That was their business. You know, they were placing like Doritos and Ford, you know, LinkedIn into like big Hollywood movies. And then as the creator economy is growing, they were also then getting into like placing products like big YouTube channels. So they're doing a lot of that. And so TubeBuddy made sense because we also have a massive Rolodex of big creators and a tool that they could get in front of their YouTube people. So, so yeah, that's the story with TubeBuddy. Yeah, so we, we were acquired and then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I was there for about a year after the acquisition and then the opportunity with UScreen came up. So yeah, that's kind of the TubeBuddy story. As far as videos, I was never really a video person growing up. Like I was always hiding from the camera As a kid and like when there's home videos and like my dad had a video cam, like handy cam, I was always hiding and running away from the cameras during parties and family parties. I started sort of getting pushed because I was running the social media and also community at Thinkific. So somebody had to get on camera. So it kind of fell on me. So I started doing live streams and like trying to figure that out, really learned really quickly that that's how influencers sort of collaborated through videos, like what we're doing right now, right? Right. So we had to get into that game. And so I kind of took it upon myself to say, well, let's all get into this. Let's like figure this out. And so we started doing a lot of live streams and Q&A sessions live and stuff like that. and, um, you know, that sort of become it became enjoyable after a while. I was like super, super nervous, but it became really fruitful for the business, the bottom line and new leads and um, new awareness. And so it made sense to invest more into it. And so we got nicer equipment and, you know, just put more resources into it. And so it just opened up doors. So it just made a lot of sense. And so I really just kind of embraced that from my career moving forward. It's just like, okay, like start seeing the bigger picture. Like there's so much that you can do in video. And that's, this is like the best way to not only get customers, but also to be sort of like to, this is the currency that influencers trade is like, Hey, I interview you, you go on my channel. This is how we can get you in front of our audience. And so the audience is the currency. Like I've got an audience, like you screen as an audience, you know, all of these brands have audiences. And so how do we get, how do I like then collaborate? That's the best way is just the videos. And so even at you screen, we do podcasts, but video podcasts and yeah. we just interview influencers and video creators without expecting anything in return. And I think that's the way that you have to think about it. Like mm-hmm. you don't interview saying like, okay, cool. I interviewed you guys I'm waiting for my invite now, you know, like, right. you know, it's, yeah. it just doesn't work that way, but you just have right. to do it. Because that's in the long run, it's still going to be a benefit. It's still going to be a positive ROI on that for many reasons and different measures of metrics. But yeah, videos, videos is just so big. You know, that's just yeah. the way that well, people consume content.
1: Totally. And your hesitance at the beginning, I think is super normal. I think everyone yeah. would say and that at the beginning, <laughs> I thought I was thinking of Jen when she used to push herself like back in 2017, right? she used to yeah. push herself to
2: do lives. And, so um, terrifying back then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, thinking even further back than that, Rob, because Mm video has been around, but it's been around like in many different capacities. So, you know, way back in the day when when we thought about video marketing, um, you know, initially, of course, YouTube, but before YouTube, it was obviously TV. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is about video that really draws people in?
0: I think videos is just the fastest way to build a brand, like to build trust with people, with your potential audience and customers, you know, like, no trust, you know, all that stuff. Like videos is the best vehicle to do that. You can do blogs, you can, as a brand, You want to invest in like creating content. You have to create content so that you're known out there by your potential, you know, target customers, but you can make a blog, you can make a podcast, you can do videos. Like, what do you invest in? And like, like you said, you know, ROI is like a big thing that a lot of brands think about, right? A lot of entrepreneurs think about like, okay, well, I'm going to do a video. It's going to take me two hours. A week? What's my ROI on that two hours? What's my opportunity cost? What's the other things that I could do instead of doing videos each week, which is a hard thing to sort of communicate. It's the same thing with like community. Why do I need to build a Facebook group or why do I need to build a Slack thing for my people? What's my ROI? But if you're not doing these things, I think we just sort of collectively know that we're going to lose somehow. We just don't know how and when, but we know that our competitors are doing it. So yeah, so I think videos is so, it's just the way that we all mostly consume content and it's also like understanding that it's how we can build them easy, like trust the fastest, right? Like if you, not just your own videos, like, Hey, this is how you guys, you know, this is our software. Let me show you how it works. But also when you see videos of other people that use that product, like testimonials, that's also building trust. You know, you see the people's like the person's face, their body language, their genuine, right? It's the next best thing to like being in person. So I just think that that's why, you know, videos has just taken off so much. And again, coupled with the fact of like the earlier question, I think it's just easier now, you know, like you go on LinkedIn, you see like. CEOs and founders on video, like that never happened 10 years ago, you know, they'd always be (laughs) behind the scenes, but now these CEOs, they're like, you guys, you have to be real. We have to humanize our brand, you know? So that's why they're getting on videos and whether it's their own, you know, sort of desire to do that or their marketing team saying like, Hey, like you got to go and do that, you know, so that we can be competitive. Yeah. as videos. Well,
1: and that's why I, why, to your point, why we record on zoom where audio purists say oh zoom you don't get great audio quality from zoom but i want social cues and like we know if the other one comes off mute you know you have something to say so you're less likely to like talk over each other yeah you know even when you're on zoom and someone has their video off that always happens right people are people (laughs) talking at the same time so yeah
0: yeah yeah just seeing like your you know your face and okay okay like it looks like you're about to say something okay yeah
1: (laughs) <laughs> One more thing. Oh my God. It also makes us a little too comfortable sometimes too, because like I'll oh, yeah. we'll have a guest do something and I'll say, since this is an audio podcast, um that I share with our listeners what you just pointed <laughs> at or like what you just did, which actually you know kind of makes it funny too. So. perfect. All right. So we like to do a little brain break in the middle of the of the show. So our brain break question this time and it's funny because you're Canadian and I was thinking yeah. you were American <laughs> when I wrote this question but you can still answer it because you know you do you're just north of us right yeah. um so <laughs> the question today is what U.S. state is at the top of your bucket list to visit and why I'm gonna oh. let Jen go first because yeah. she saw the question already I'll let you like think about yeah. that Jen, what do you
2: think? It's, <laughs> for me it's really funny because it's it's almost a tie um, and they're like complete opposite sides of the nation. Like it's either Maine or Washington, Oregon for me. And I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards like Washington, Oregon, that area. It's just, I, I love that I've never been to the part of like the country, but I know I'm going to love it. Plus, I'm really, really curious about culture there. I've heard so many things, but I got to go see it with my own eyes and experience. And then country, I guess I, huh, that one's also you don't hard. don't to do a country. I,
1: I narrowed it down to just a state. Oh, uh, then state is that great. That was a lot. <laughs> that's crazy. It was Megan. a lot
2: was like a, a
1: state and a country. I was like, nah, that's a little that's so much. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what about you?
0: Yeah, mine is, I've been to California a lot. I've been to the West Coast a lot because Vancouver is on the West Coast of Canada. It's easy. But one is uh, New York, New York. Like you got to go to New York, you know? So yeah, that's probably the one there. Just you know, like, what is it, you know, just everything. I mean, it's yeah. all the movies and like, you know, kind of growing up like New York, New York, right? right. So yeah, so that's, that's definitely one place. And then real quick, Portugal for some reason is always, is like, keeps coming up, you know, friends. I see coworkers there and stuff. So a country would be Portugal
2: yeah of course amazing don't we have a friend that's moving to Portugal isn't like Angus Nelson yeah yeah, yeah that's right, wild, yeah, next, right? Week, next week yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh that's friend a of a massive move. yeah <laughs>
1: um, well mine I haven't been to the Carolinas and so it's funny because as I was about to say this I was like is it North Carolina or South Carolina as a kid there Myrtle Beach like just became like a place like I wanted to go because of a movie that I had seen and plus the golf and everything so yeah, probably probably South Carolina because well I do have I have friends in both North Carolina and South Carolina. Um but yeah. Well, I'm just going to stay the Carolinas. We'll make them one state. The Carolinas. (laughs) That that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It looks, I mean, obviously the whole country is beautiful, right? But there's something about it that I think is, and I think I might be disappointed with Myrtle Beach because it's totally not going to be what I picture based on what I saw in the movie. There's a dance (laughs) called, I I think the movie is called Shag and it was about these kids that, that, with Shag is a dance and it took place in Myrtle Beach, so. That's Ah. (laughs) nice. That's nice. That's nice. Super fun. Okay. All right, Jen, let's kick off.
2: Okay. An article I found by Entrepreneur yesterday states that 50% of millennials and Gen Z users say that they couldn't live without video in their life. (laughs) Would you go so far to say this age group might grow to depend on video for making purchasing decisions? Uh,
0: Yeah. Well, this age group... I think so. I think so. I mean, even now, like, I think a lot of people are you know, you, any t- anytime I'm looking to buy something, even myself, I'm old, I'm old. I'm way past that age range. <laughs> you know, I'm still like, okay, well, this is the right thing. Like, I don't want to make the mistake. And I know on YouTube, people have already bought that product or whatever that service is, and they are talking about it. They're like doing reviews and stuff. So like, okay, well, I don't want to make a mistake. So let's just watch. So before I make the buying decision, there's so many stats out there. I think there's a that I don't know what it is, like fifty or sixty percent of people that watch a YouTube video make a purchase. Like right, you know, within the next 24 hours kind of thing. Uh I don't know how they got that number, but whatever it is, but like, I think I totally agree with that. And I think as we kind of keep going into this like video centric world, like, yeah, I think I agree with that. I think a lot of people, I, I look at my kids, my, um, my oldest is 12 and you know, our, our youngest is eight and they're doing the same thing. They're just like, they're either using it to review or they're very much influenced by videos that they see on social to like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like I saw something on TikTok. Let me go Google it. Let me look at the YouTube. And then like, eventually then they'll come to us and like, hey, can we get this thing? It's like, oh, where did you get this idea? Where did you see this? Like, (laughs) oh, it's on social. Yeah. Yeah, So, so yeah, I think it comes, it definitely is very much you know, any purchase is visual, right? So you're not going to read about something and want to buy it necessarily. But if you see a video, it's like, all right, cool. I want that thing. Like I can see the person, they're like enjoying it. You know, So yeah, I agree.
1: I just got something in the mail yesterday and I was like, what is this? And (laughs) then I opened it and I I thought, oh, where did I order this from? And I think it was (laughs) like from Instagram. And what I've found is when you order stuff like that, like there's no, there's no receipt in there. There's no like description of where it came from. And I'm like, oh, I think I'll, I was watching the home edit and maybe it I was from that. that or it was like, you know, like one of those things. That's so funny. All right. So, you know, obviously with all the importance that when we're talking about how important video content it is. So I want to like talk a little bit about I have my own business for eight and a half years and across the time, you know, I mean, I still have it. But the like really trying to impress upon my clients the importance of video, like video was hot, video was hot, video was hot. You know, Cisco had a stat that like, like 2023, 80 percent of content consumed online was projected to be video-based. So brands need to be seriously considering adopting one or two video strategies. What do you think they should start? Like what's, what's your thought there?
0: For video strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For brands. Yeah. I think you have to, you have to dominate your own brand keywords. So anytime somebody's searching up, you have to control the narrative for your own brand, right? So you can't let, for sure, not your competitors, like your competitors, whether or not, depending on the niche, but most niches, your competitors could be creating Comparison videos, like, hey, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Apple versus PC, whatever. But at the forefront, it looks like a, hey, cool. Like I'm kind of thinking between these two brands, these two products. At the end of the day, like if it's a brand video, they're gonna be like, well, you know what, you know this and this, but like there's five points for this brand, but like twenty points for our brand, right? So a you gotta you gotta control the brand, so you gotta talk about your brand on you know on YouTube on other platforms, so that when people are comparing you, sort of in the in the bottom of the funnel, like consideration phase, you wanna be the person that's there. You just gotta own that. In terms of like in terms of brands, again, depending tutorial videos, right? So tutorial videos of like how to get the most value from your brand or from your product or service. It's very important, right? It's not just like, what is this? Or like, like comparing, but once people have actually then purchased your brand, like they're going to look up. I remember my wife bought, she bought something. I forget what it was. It was like a, it was like an appliance. It was like a blender. I forget what it was, but she bought. And then she's like, she started looking up, okay, what else can I do with this blender? What else can I do with this thing? And what kind of juices and all this stuff. And like the brand had a bunch of stuff, right? Like, Like, oh, here you can do this for this, this, this. And like, hey, Rob, did you know that you could actually do this with this blender? I was like, okay, cool like, so now you're getting not just like, okay, what you bought the brand for or the product for, but now you're getting bonus value kind of thing. So, um, and there's partnership so
1: opportunities there too, right? <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then sort of the third, I guess, and I know it's only, you know, only ask for a couple, but I, I oh, think the third cool. is now getting user generated content. So now this is where either it's coming normal, like there's brands out there that people just love, like, There's a brand out there called Flowdesk and they're like an email marketing tool. And so they don't do anything really outside, but they just, their their users just really love them and just create user-generated content just like because they love the tool. If that's not your brand, you know, uh, then that's where the influencer marketing sort of comes into play. Like you have to work with, you know, either you're sponsoring or you have an affiliate program. There's got to be some type of incentive to talk about your brand by social media creators or video creators you know, and that's just, that's just really important. So then, you know, you got to look at it like as, you know, using videos, not just for getting your name out there, but like all parts of your funnel. Right. So just go back to the old school of like, okay, the funnel, the top of the funnel awareness, you know, consideration and then decision phase, and then also post-sale. You gotta think of what kind of videos do you need to support all parts of that funnel? And that's really where you start. You gotta start from the bottom and then work your way down. And some of those videos will come from you, like I said, or some of those maybe through your users or your partners.
2: Do you remember back when people said like the internet was just a trend and then social media was just a trend and all that kind of stuff? I still laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious to think how far we've come from there. But, you know, obviously video is not going anywhere. It's only growing in popularity. What do you think will will come next in the future of video marketing?
0: Will come next of video marketing. I think uh, there's a lot of different ways it could go. I think there's uh, obviously there's going to be more creators. I think the next generation is they are seeing their peers and people like just a little old, older than them seeing like, okay, well, they're becoming content creators. They're becoming full-time influencers, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be just more creators. It's just like when I was a kid, like all my buddies, we all wanted to be like, we all wanted to play professional like sports, you know, because yep. we our, our idols are idols or like our the people we looked up to were like athletes, you know, and this still is today. But I think there's a new generation now of like, okay, well, we all look up to Mr. Beast and like all of these Mm -hmm. like big creators. And again, for them, it's super easy to be a creator. And some of them will, some of them will go to, you know, semi-pro, some of them will go into the big leagues kind of thing, right? And so I think there's just gonna be more creators. I think with that, the future of videos, there's gonna be more brands, obviously, like investing into this. And so that creates the ecosystem of like, Opportunities for people to become full-time creators. The TV and all that stuff, the traditional, I think that will be, I mean, I don't know the prediction of that, but at some point it's in the decline of people like traditional cable and stuff. You know, our attention span is so short. That's why Spotify is killing it and radio is not, because we just want to listen to what we want to listen to. You know, I think there's also going to be opportunities for people to just create their own channels and bypass a lot of the middle like a lot of the gatekeepers, the traditional gatekeepers of like starting a TV show, they would just start their own channel uh, off on YouTube or off YouTube, right? There's other platforms out there where you can build your own Netflix. And so they're just going to control that. And it's just going to be more democratized, I guess, if that's the word for it, but it's just going to be more creator directly to the consumer. And then the brand will be in there somehow, some way in different, like different varieties. But they're going to be, they're going to be part of that because the creator and the consumer, somebody has to pay for this like connection. And so the brands will be involved, but they'll be more organic. It's not going to be like, Hey guys, this video is brought to you by, you know, LinkedIn. This is going to be like somebody wearing a LinkedIn shirt, yeah, casual, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's just the future of videos. It's just creators will dominate more and more. And that's where the attention is going to go. And to that to tra- traditional channels will be gone by the wayside.
1: Well, we didn't even get into short form video. I mean, like, <laughs> we had questions. We, we're just, there's just not enough time. We have like three questions we're not a- asking because no, there's just good. not enough <laughs> time. So we'll have to have you back another <laughs> time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like every platform is doing what every other platform is doing, right? So now you can do <laughs> short form content on every yeah. platform and everyone wants to be like TikTok, right? They all saw oh, the TikTok. success that TikTok had and all that kind of good stuff, but <laughs> that's awesome. All right. This has been awesome. As I said, we could go on and on, but we do like to ask every guest the same question at the end. And that is what business book would you recommend to our listeners? What are you into these days?
0: Yeah. Right now I'm kind of kind of going between back and forth to between two. I'm kind of chipping away at one's called Undistracted by Bob Goff. Awesome. He's like a lawyer, but like super funny guy. He has an office in like he just goes to the he goes to Disneyland every Wednesday for his office hours. So like anybody can visit <laughs> him. I think I I forget what island it is. Like Treasure Island, does that sound right? But like, yeah. anyways, he's got this like little bench in Disneyland where he's like, come by anytime between you know eleven and one on Wednesdays. I'm there oh for and ask me questions. So anyways, he's a brilliant guy, philanthropist as well, and everything. So mm. undistracted, great book, especially right now where we live. There's just so many things we could do. So to try new objects as marketers. And then the second one, I'm actually reading it twice. This is sort of the book that I always kind of credit as like sort of changing my career when I was at Thinkific. I was doing support, like tech support. And I was like, Mm. I don't know what I'm gonna, you know, I don't know where to to take my career. But it was a book called Good to Great uh, by Jim Collins. Classic business book, but it just taught me back then when I was doing support, just do the support as best as you can. And then opportunities will open up, you know, and that was like five, six years ago. And here we are. So yeah, Good to Great by Jim Collins.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and that's a good lesson for everyone. Yeah, especially Thank if you're not where you think you're meant to be at, at any moment in time. If you think about it that way, Every, things are short term um, mm-hmm. too. You can think <laughs> of that. Like everything, everything has an ending, <laughs> whether it's positive or negative or whatever. However, it, it evolves. And so, like, what is it? This too shall pass, right? Yes, indeed. Saying my mom said so. Well, Rob, thank you so much. We appreciated having you on the show. And I'm so glad it worked out. Um, and that yeah, and like I said, you've been on my wish list for a really long time. So I'm glad
2: that uh that we were able to, to connect and have you on.
0: Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you, thank you, Jen.
2: Uh, thank you, Rob. It's been so great catching up and just having a, a good solid conversation with you about video. This has been so much fun. I agree. It's been great. Excellent. And thank you, Jen, as
1: always. Oh, always a good time, Megan. Always a good time. All right, my friends. This has been episode 104 of the Making a Marketer podcast and we will catch you next time.